Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said of these stones today, the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh... Welcome, Cinema Slaughter. I think this is episode 15. Yeah, we, we aren't naming the episodes, Lenny. Remember that. Oh, that's true. Well, then we'll... But that's we'll okay. We'll, we'll, we'll forgive you. Peeping Tom? Peeping Tom, baby. Tell me your thoughts. Well... Since you you just watched it, uh, what did you watch it last night? Actually, I just watched today. it today, so... Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, just as a, a precursor, let's you know, kind of set the tone. Some of my favorite all-time horror films are 1960, and it's odd, oddly mm-hmm. enough. Um, so, April 1960, Peeping Tom comes out, and in case anyone hasn't seen it, um, probably, and I think they've they've, they've given this film the dubious honor of being the first slasher film um and it beats out psycho uh to the theaters um this is a british release and was released april of 1960 whereas i think psycho was released in june and then september uh in the u.s um but yeah i'm not sure what the months are but i just know that it's the same year yeah but uh but peeping tom comes out a few months earlier than the others, and is reviled, is hated. Um, Seriously. Another great horror movie from 1960, just to kind of give some perspective, is uh, the, the Mario Bava classic Black Sunday, which is probably one of my favorites with Barbara Steele. Um, she's just fantastic in anything she ever did, so I, lo- I love her in that film too. Um, so a trifecta of great movies within a few months of each other. Um, and like, again, this one, uh, Black Sunday came out in August of that year. So it kind of gives us an idea of what was happening at the time in cinema. Um, Peeping Tom, in case people don't know, is now probably uh, applauded for as a masterpiece um, and made the top 100 in British Film Institute's uh, best uh, British films of all time. It, I really like this movie, and I'm glad you told me about it. I didn't. I, I've heard of it, I think, but I didn't really. I didn't really pay it much uh, attention. And when you were like, "Lenny, you need to see this," I'm like, "All right, well, if that's the case, <laughs> I need to get on this." So, um, that's right. I thought it was it was excellent. I thought it had real um, menace to it, and I what I love how it starts off, where you're seeing. Um, through the eyes of the main character, the you know Carl Bohm's, um, what's his name, Mark Lewis, who is obviously a damaged individual, but you see how he, um, he views his victims prior to killing them. It's um, it's very fetishistic, and. All on film, all on yeah. film through the camera. And the camera and has this hashtag, and it's almost like he's hunting them, and they're prey because the, um, the the crosshairs on the camera reminded me of the crosshairs on a, a rifle scope, where you just see through these eyes of this hunter, where he's he 
is a serial killer, he's going around murdering uh, women, um, but he uses this camera, um, you know, to to film this quote documentary of you know the violence that he's doing to these people. And um, as the story unfolds, you find out that you know he himself is a victim of his father, who was a pretty pretty sick son of a bitch on his own right. I mean, he was um, a uh, a doctor and a psychiatrist and he was actually studying the effects of I guess stress and fear on his son so he turned his son into a guinea pig basically exactly and uh, they show you um this you know this character Mark shows you um you know as he's you know talking to his newfound uh love interest um Helen uh, he's showing her some of these um, some of these films and telling her, you know, about his father, and his father even filmed a young Mark, you know, his own son, uh, with his um, on his mother's deathbed, and so you see him, you know, even just at that point where he's more concerned about how his son's react, you know, his son's reactions rather than the emotional content, or or trying to help his son, you know, cope. He just wants to see the effects of fear on this kid, um, and so it, 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 not that it allows you to accept what he's doing, you know, by any means, but you you grow to understand, you know, this character's development, which I was impressed well, how as he became hell. A yeah, monster. how he became yeah. this this twisted, you know, serial killer, um, and then you you go back to it and you see, this is 1960, and. Uh, you know, this is around the time, close to the time where, you know, you're seeing movies that are that are coming out that really aren't um, aren't connecting with audiences in this way. Um, you know, they're talking about prostitution. This is, you know, Britain in 1960 talking about, um, you know, this under the table, um, you know, softcore pinup pictures where, you know, people are buttoned up. Society is very... Um, uh, conservative. very conservative, and you know these, these men go into um, a, you know a c- cigarette shop or whatever, and you know they they buy their newspaper, and you know under the table they're purchasing photos of of women in stockings and and uh, erotic poses. So, you know this guy Mark, he is. Um, moonlighting i guess um from a a movie theater you know his movie theater or daytime photographer job he's moonlighting as this erotic photographer but it kind of puts him in a in a position um you know to to find his next victim it's um and um it was it's also it's it's funny because i it just kind of uh kicked into my head right now is that yeah, they do discuss the whole thing, you know, with the father and stuff like that. And they kind of bookends Psycho, same year, like we were just talking about. And that was the mother. Yes. So, yeah. you know, and it's funny that these two movies were, I mean, as far as I can tell, they were unrelated. Yet they were discussing, you know, somewhat similar themes. Yeah. And uh, and the great thing, I mean, I was actually surprised. Like, this is a, this is a pretty... Uh, it looks like it was on a series budget. The lighting was excellent. The you know the studio, everything was was really done very professionally. This was a quality movie. It wasn't some kind of 
you know, 60s B movie. No, this was serious. Mm-hmm. And and I and I think it's really underappreciated. Like everyone knows Psycho, you know, and this movie I think was so underappreciated again because um it, it tackled so many um you know taboo themes and stuff oh, it absolutely and, does child yeah. abuse sadomasochism fetishism um seriously yeah, it, it, i mean the 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 relationships between um you know serial killers and their upbringing you know the the, the they how they become twisted by you know um their the, the way that they were nurtured as opposed to their own very nature i mean this child could possibly have been a healthy normal um you know individual in society but we'll never really know because of you know his father who turned him into i mean it, i think it's pretty obvious that you know the father even to the point where he had every uh, room in the house um bugged basically so you had no privacy whatsoever so he was under scrutiny as a as a child growing up you know from you know from the point of uh, a child till now and he even says that you know this was his house his father's house and then he sublet the, the entire home it's a very large home but he couldn't afford to live there any longer so through an agent he sublets the house and so all the you know there's like two or three um apartments in this home and he's just technically a tenant in his own home at this point um but he the the rooms or the apartments that these people have uh, are still bugged and he even at the end you know shows this love interest helen whom oddly enough doesn't want to he doesn't want to harm her and it seems to be fear the look of fear in his victim's eyes that or the look of fear on a person that actually actually helps that, trigger the memory or, or gets him off yeah, yeah. And, it, and it really does it, it gets him off exactly um it's pretty interesting so he's like you know i'm never going to film her and i'm never going i don't want to see that look in your eye if he sees that that's the turn on for him that's what's going to flip that switch um and it's pretty interesting. I mean, I like the look and feel of this movie. Um, it was it's it's really well done. Um, it was the pacing. I mean, there were you know maybe some parts that were a little slow, but it wasn't like a lot of times with older movies there will be parts where it's like super slow. But this wasn't. I mean, it was a little here and there, but nothing too overwhelming like it was just done very well right. and i was gonna say like my big if i was gonna have a gripe about it it was a little slow uh and in parts but i don't think overall like as i continued to watch it overall i i really enjoyed the conceit of um you know this character who is so damaged he's filming a documentary and he has he has the ending planned because he knows he's going to be um you know he knows that he's going to be discovered right and he's actually planned the ending for himself where he um you know he's able to um turn a mirror i guess onto uh the face of his victims and so the last thing the victim sees are their own faces filled with fear right before he uh you know impales them with a hidden blade in in the one of the legs of the tripod of his camera which was brilliant i, I loved think. it i, mean, I that thought that was really awesome i'm clever. like how, exactly. how often do you see something like this and i think you know this type of film 
inspired so much uh, after the fact. I mean, we didn't. You don't really realize it. I mean, everyone credits Psycho. I mean, myself included, as as the first slasher. But you have to kind of give credit where credits due. And Peeping Tom touches on so many of the tropes that we see in slasher films today. Um, you know that it it really deserves that that credit. I mean, it was really impressive. Absolutely. I mean, I I was kind of watching this movie, and and anytime I watch an older movie, I always uh, make sure to you know appreciate when it was made. You know, whether it's you know nineteen was it thirties King Kong or whatever it is, yeah. I always make sure to you know put understand that um you know that this movie's setting certain precedents mm -hmm. and watching this i was in awe i mean i was really in awe i was like oh my god yeah. this movie's so ahead of its time it really you is know? i mean especially when they you know you start talking about utilizing you know freudian um you know um the freudian tropes and you see like you know the you mm -hmm. know the, the things that we take for granted in movies now. If you you know you go back to 1960 again, you know you 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 really get an understanding of just how ahead of the of its time was. And I, I remember, um, well, just reading up on this. Um, normally they would do all kinds of press screenings and everything else, and there was um, they were saying that because of Peeping Tom, the the negative press that um, that was uh, that Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom received that Hitchcock actually decided um, during the release of Psycho, he decided to forego the press screening, which is which was a big deal. Oh wow! So he said, you know, I guess because of that, they, yeah, they attributed, yeah, Tom. that that you know the negative wow. press from that Peeping Tom got, you know, and um, rather than you know run that risk, he decided to just release it. So he maybe that's I mean, it's, the, you know, just <laughs> wow. a few months earlier. And um, the director, Powell, he was reviled and almost basically lost a career over this movie. It was he was able to, to you know, continue to work, but um, for a long time, never, never at that level. Yeah. For a long, long time, he, he was reviled. It's only till recently, like uh, Francis Ford Coppola and Scorsese and a bunch of other film di uh, directors, you know, they really um, point a finger towards uh, Peeping Tom and talk about the power of this, uh, of the conceit of this movie and, and you know, how, um, how influential it was for, for them as, as a director, which is very interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was... Um... You know, yes, he was reviled and everything like that, but that's because, you know, he uh, kind of opened up the whole idea. I mean, it was seen as seedy and, you know, exploitative and whatever, yeah. but he was having a, you know, discussion about about people that do horrible, violent things and, and talking about the, you know, the filthy underbelly of society. And, you know that's of course now it's it's common and and you know encouraged even to to point things like that out but yeah. he he did it and and um you know ob obviously it he suffered from it but it was it was an important step i think not just in slasher movies but just you know with movies in general to show you know that human flaws whether it's 
the the main character and and you know how his father's um you know behavior uh, messed him up or again those guys that go into the cigar shop or cigarette shop whatever and get to get these you know dirty nudie girl photos and stuff like that you know and and he was commenting on it absolutely and there's nothing wrong with yeah, that yeah well you know? and i think that's one of the one of the problems um that he probably faced because he it hits so close to home that the mainstream exactly. you know doesn't they they don't want that mirror to be held up to themselves like that's what they're saying like the nature of you know it's um directing or the nature of of filmmaking it's voyeuristic um and you know to to hold that mirror up the way uh, Mark holds it up to his victims, you know, the the populace, you know, the, the people who are f- going to see these films, um, they, you know, are that mirror is being held up to them as well. People watching those movies and it, it frightens people. It's it scares them because, you know, sexuality is taboo and it still is, I think, to a certain extent, although I think most taboos are, are being, um, you know, have been you know, thrown by the wayside. And it's funny, We I was having a conversation, it started off humor, humorous at first. Um, I forget someone jokingly said something like, oh, yeah, stepbrother, you know, and joking around like that because that's, that's oh, a, a porn trope now where, you know, oh, absolutely. You know, that seemed to be like the final taboo because, you know, if you look at it, you know, even pornography is now mainstream. There really is... Um, there, there are no social mores. I think they've just been smashed for the most part. Um, and maybe, maybe a lot True. of that is good because it doesn't, it doesn't make, you know, people don't feel shame the way they used to. Um, sometimes that's great and other times it can be twisted too, um, in certain ways. Um, but what I, you know, I, like that new new uh, movie or uh, documentary on Netflix that we were talking about, where it, they were talking about the um, exploitation of young people and uh, you know kids, and Ooh, oh and, yeah, and they ended up being exploit uh, exploitative exploiters. Yeah, they were exploiting these yeah, kids. Exactly. Um, so they yeah. they completely uh, I mean, yeah. missed the mark of being able to shine a light into a dark area and say, look what's happening to you know the objectification of these children, and they were guilty of that same crime. So that's yeah, a, that's they, a prime that was, example of absurd. you know when those social mores need to be upheld. You know the the you know uh, in many ways you know you get this Lolita complex with these young women. Which, you know, obviously, I'm, I don't want to digress from Peeping Tom, but just, you know, they were, again, holding up that mirror to those victims and, and, and society at large were terrified of this. Like, how can you show uh, a, a, just a, a British, you know, businessman, this is an upstanding citizen going into a pick up a, a newspaper and then suddenly he's walking out with an entire book of nude photos. You know, this guy yeah, wasn't just absolutely. buying a single photo. That guy bought the entire book. That's right. <laughs> you know, and then the funny enough, he's like, oh, would you like me to add you to our, our mailing list? And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to be on any mailing list. He's like, I- I'll come back in and I'll get more photos from you, you know, in a, in a few weeks or whatever, which is hysterical because, yeah, I don't want to be on a mailing list. It's like, you know, back in the day when, when porn magazines like Playboy or, you know, Hustler, if you if you had a subscription, 
subscription to those magazines, it would come with a in a paper bag, practically, you know, with a like a, a brown right. paper cover to that magazine, uh, because you know, keep everything. Yeah, hidden. I didn't. I don't want people to know what my kink is. I don't want people to know that I'm into this. Um, but this is a really interesting movie again, and I'm going to keep pointing it out. I mean, this is, you know, sixty years ago. Yeah, and, and and I I like the um, remember the um, the scene with the mother, the girl's mother who was blind. Yes. She's the only was, one. Uh, yeah. The blind person is the only one that can detect the you know that that he's truly an oddball. That there's something off about him. Right, right, and and he was filming her. And, and there was this whole thing because she couldn't see, you know, the, the camera. She couldn't see the blade. She couldn't see anything. Right. And so I thought that was like a really interesting, uh, you know, little uh, touch that they added there. I Yeah, I just, I really, really, I just was absolutely stunned uh, at this movie. You know, so it, it, everyone should know this movie. You know, everyone should really be aware of it. Yeah. Because... It was it was excellent. I just thought it was so well done, so well well put together. Um, and the actor, like I said, it was uh, what did I say? Peter Laurie meets uh, uh, meets David Bowie because he's kind of tall, blonde. <laughs> yeah, he's, you he's know, like he's a, kind of slender. He's a good-looking guy, but there's something off about him. Like he's not the boy. Kind of smart. He's like the boy next door, but almost like the twisted boy next door because he has no social life outside of his work. And, you know, before I forget this, I just want to let you know. So earlier we were talking about the camera view, that when he sees his victims, mm. he sees them through the lens he, where he's not really looking. He, again, it's a fetish, you know, so he's not really seeing a human being, but it's, he's seeing it through his eyes. It's almost like the Terminator vision, you know what I mean, where, he's, you know, human beings are to, right. be, are to be hunted. But when he meets the psychiatrist... On the set. So uh, anyway, in the movie, the, they um, they hire a psychiatrist to console um, the main actress of the movie that they're making in, within this movie. Um, the right. one of the women that Mark kills was was the lead actress's stand-in, and so she is distraught. So they hire a psychiatrist to help deal with um this you know her emotions on the on you know behind the scenes anyway so the psychiatrist is there and mark goes oh perhaps you know my father and he says well oh who's your father and he they go through this conversation the doctor notes that mark has quote like his father's eyes which to me right is is so important it's so telling because we know that mark sees these women through this this lens so he doesn't really see people so his eyes aren't really human beings mm. eyes he's, his eyes are right, the right, eyes right. of the camera good lens point. and that's how the Very father actually viewed his own son as just an object and so we know yes. that he has his father's eyes you know like the, it, it, I, it was just so it was so subtle but after after a second, I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, that is disturbing if you think about it. Um, and I just I, I just love the the subtleties within the um, within the script of this of this film. It's just really good. Right. And um, now I, I don't know. I, I don't remember. It was also the director also wrote it. I think you're right. right. Yes. I think so. Yeah. I mean, 
wow. It's a, it's a shame. I, I, I'm curious now to see what other things he did. I, I hope. Oh, no, you know, I just I, I'm just checking were, it now. I don't want yeah. to interrupt you. Leo Marx was uh, wrote it. So Leopold Marx, he was an okay. English writer and a screenwriter, and uh, oh, uh, and so according to this, he was a cryptographer during the Second World War. So that was that's an interesting note. Interesting. So Leo Marx wrote this story. Right. Um, Michael Powell. Leopold. Michael Powell was the director and producer. The director. Yeah. Right. Um, right. But he was he um, I guess had a long line. Uh, he was a very prominent British director, and uh, like I said, you know, this film came out and it almost destroyed him. Wow. Yeah. No, I definitely got to check out some more of his stuff, man, because uh, this was really impressive. So ahead of its time, but it was ridiculous. Oh yeah, such a good movie. Absolutely. I don't think we could say en- enough great things about it. So yeah, so, yeah, seriously. So you're gonna give me uh, wh- how are we gonna judge this one? How many lenses? Maybe <laughs> lenses, cameras. So I don't how know. How many camera lenses? <laughs> or distorted camera lenses. Are we gonna give this one? Oh, out of five, I'm I'm gonna give it five, man. Definitely giving it five. Yeah. It it deserves it. It was so ahead of its time. Like like I said, it was just so put together, uh, put together so well. The lighting, like I said, everything. The writing, it, it was just such a good movie, in my opinion. And also the fact that it's so underappreciated, not everyone knows about it. Again, that's why it definitely deserves a five, yeah. in my opinion. No, I, I I agree with that. I think it's an excellent film. I, I think it's I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a four and a half only because I'm gonna be a nitpicker and say it it right, it, right. it lagged a little bit for me, especially in, in the mm. beginning. But uh, I think it does redeem its it redeem itself. I mean, it's nearly perfect um, as a as a film. It's it's a perfect. Um, I guess it's the progenitor of the slasher. Uh, subgenre right so right for me the um yeah it's a it's a right four and a half what i also like um in the beginning like this is stuff that you know that when you're into screenwriting that they tell you to do right away is to get the uh audience or the viewers attention and that's how he did it you know with the first thing you see is the murder you know and it's you know and it was just excellent man i i I just love this movie. Yeah. Definitely uh, up there for me. So many good things about this film. And, and also um, shot, um, I mean, the the film looks beautiful too. I mean. It does. Yeah. It really the, does. The colors that we Yeah, that, there's the lighting. Yeah. yeah. Even just yeah. The, the cinematography really... in it is great. Um, I just love the idea of him with this camera uh, and the tripod where he pulls the, the bottom half of the uh of the stand of the one of the yeah. tripod legs and it's a blade hidden um and then right. also the mirror that he just flips this mirror over and then you know they were making a big show of um the detectives talking about the facial expressions that the, these victims had and you're like well, what the hell and then when it's finally revealed um you know how he got them to have these this look of terror obviously you know just before he strikes them in in the throat or what or whatever he's stabbing them with this thing they're looking at their own faces terrified of what you know what i mean it's and that that's just right so, right it's just it's so, so warped it is so warped man and and 
you know, nobody was having these types of discussions in movies, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was seen as tasteless or whatever, but, I mean, that's just the way things are. I mean, you know, look at, uh, the, the uh, uh, what's his name? The, the, the British, uh, uh, the slasher, um, Whitehall, what do you call it? Um, Jack, Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. The Jack beginning the Ripper. of this movie was so reminiscent of of like a Jack the Ripper right. film, and that's ex- exactly White, Whitechapel. Um, yeah, those Whitechapel murders. Right. Yeah, so really right, exciting right. stuff. I was, um, I recommend it, and I know you do. I mean, you you strongly, turned me on strongly. to this. So this is right. definitely a movie I would buy and and keep in my collection of films to watch again, um, just because I think it, it's deserving of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Any any horror fan should really check this out and you know give it its due respect. You know, seriously. Oh yeah, very very uh, underappreciated movie. Absolutely. So there you have it, folks. We got uh, you know, probably one of the most underrated slasher films, and uh, out it beat Psycho to the theater, and uh, obviously mm-hmm. you know Powell uh uh. uh, uh, uh famous and powerful director at at that moment in time but you know Hitchcock I mean you you're over overshadowed by the legend a living legend at the time um exactly you know so it's 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 tough to beat but it's too bad that it, it's taken so long for this film to kind of uh come to the fore and and get its due absolutely 100 percent man yeah so uh, I mean, even does some it kind of reveals itself through as I'm thinking about it, and you know they again we talk about you know the the voyeurism of being a director, but they also have likened um, you know the director's camera and his position and the cameras as like an extension of their phallus, you know what I mean, and and so like they mm, actually true um, yeah. so and this is an extension because he he is not having sex with these women. Um, so I, I, you, right. you know, I guess you could, That's... you could really pick this movie apart. Exactly. And it's a serious, a lot of psychological it really goings is. on there, And it's man. revealing itself even now that I'm, that we're just talking about it. And I just, I'm thinking more and more on this. It's probably a, a really, a great film to, to revisit just to, uh, just to get a handle on all of the subtleties, um, inherent within this film. So really a solid movie. So I'm, I think I'm looking forward to watching it again. So thanks for the recommendation. Oh, well, thank, uh, thank Wikipedia for that, man. That's, that's what I <laughs> looked that up. I was like, all right, interesting. Yeah. But I had heard of it before, but it's kind of like one of those things you forget about. Yeah, no. But then I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. Nice. Nice. So absolutely. Awesome. All right, sir. So there you have it, folks. Go check it out. Peeping Tom, we hope you uh, appreciate it as much as we do. And uh, let us know. Hit us up on uh, Instagram. Let us know what you think. And we look forward to setting up a dialogue with everybody. Rock and roll, folks. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Talk to you soon. Peace. Later. (laughs) 